Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalize the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated, and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. If you're watching, you'll see me be doing all these little hand movements. <laughs> but welcome to this kind of impromptu, I'd say a bonus episode, um, kind of just came off the back of a conversation I've been having with my guest, who I'm going to intro in a second, um, because of none other than And Just Like That sex in the city and this is what this i don't even know what this episode is going to be called it's probably going to be called and just like that big fucking died and i'm pissed off um and so spoiler alert for anybody if you're already here and you've been watching you like sex in the city and you didn't know it you'll know in the big big spoiler and the big plot line of this reboot is that none other than big died and when i watched it in or started the first episode in hope of oh my god amazing so excited the gals are back together minus samantha we're gonna have i don't know a whole season of just them in their elder years living it up in new york city and you're telling me at the end of episode fucking one that big died well the way i (laughs) a piece of me died inside So I, being me, the dramatics that I am, took to the Grief Gang Instagram stories and just went literally, what the fuck, guys? Are there any Sex and the City fans and Just Like That fans out there who have watched this and are as just flabbergasted as me? And the response was insane. It was absolutely insane. Like I was going through my DMs for days on after having conversation with people. And most specifically with a friend of mine who has so wonderfully joined me today. Because we thought, fuck it, there's so much in it in these just these four episodes, most specifically the first and the second, that is it is, he's died. And so they they can't just <laughs> override that. There's a lot of grief on camera and on such a major platform as such as sex in the city reboot i don't think we ever thought we would see something a topic like this be this front and center of a show like this so i'd like to introduce to you my guest for this episode to talk all things sex in the city and just about grief on the screen so i'd like to introduce suyin haynes what an introduction this is the exact intersection of my interests <laughs> sex in the city super fan plus all things grief and loss um, so it's such a delight to be here for this festive treat thank you so much for having me but um before we absolutely delve into it because we have got responses from both my audience and Suyin put out some stuff on her stories as well um not only asking what you think about grief being portrayed in and just like that but also as well if there are any other programs or movies or just kind of television that really speaks to you and depicts grief in its truest form and as probably always you know 
this is not any, you know, yes, they've done it right. That's absolutely, it's opinion only. And we're all allowed our fucking opinions, aren't we? And some people agree that, yes, this is, honestly, soon I have to say this stuff because people, it's my own fucking opinion. (laughs) Opinions are mine and my own alone. And yeah, literally disclaimer, opinions are mine and mine only. I'm going to throw in a trigger warning in here as well. Just, I've never done a trigger warning before probably, but because, the nature of how this goes and what we will probably go into Mm -hmm. it is quite graphic so um trigger warning for kind of like sudden death sudden bereavement and I probably go through us by saying heart attack because that was because when I found out it was I was like whoa um so yeah to kick start we mean soon we're going to just talk a little bit about kind of like our relationship to well, sort of the feelings that maybe came up for us mm. when watching it, like I literally just said, when I discovered that it was that big died of a heart attack. Because I, for some reason, thought it was a stroke. I don't know why. I thought it was a stroke. It did kind of look like that was happening yeah. from his sort of movements. But then when you take into account, you know, the history from the show and that he had yeah. already had a heart surgery, I think, and heart mm-hmm. problems. But yeah, I, I completely some people said they realized when she put on the shoes that morning that he was going to die. Mm, that's in that's that some someone's been <gasps> watching many. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would not have uh, put two and two. Yeah, I thought oh, some people really nice. some people putting two and two together and thinking right, she's putting the shoes on. This is a really poignant mm-hmm. moment. This is very much. And then some people picked up obviously when the scene was flickering between yeah. Charlotte's daughter. And then him on the peloton. I thought it was going to come out. He was having an affair. Mm-hmm. He was having an affair with Allegra. I thought he was having an affair with Allegra. That's what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Seeing Carrie stood there in the moment, looking at her husband, literally dying in front of her, mm-hmm. took me way back to when I was stood in the A&E in the red department, which was like the critical, and looking at my mum all wired up. And I was like, Oh, and then almost like the outer body experience. And then like, almost like you just come back in like Carrie did. She just stared at him for a bit and we're all like screaming at the telly, like fucking call 911, yeah. call 911. She fully freezes. And she absolutely freezes. And it's all well and good for us to say, you know, you know there's a whole debate, isn't there? Could she have called 911? What did a whole article about it? Somebody like... <laughs> a cardiologist and was like is it Carrie's fault big died and the cardiologist was like yeah and I was like excuse me I mean come on seriously come on like this is you know this is a woman who's the love of her life is dying in front of her eyes it's like you know I just I was like hmm I think we're focusing on like the wrong aspect (laughs) but yeah for me it did it did bring up quite a few things for me and take me back a little bit um so I just kind of wanted to ask you soon as well as experiencing a sudden death yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how did it feel for you? Did you have any inkling that you think he was going to die? Bitch? Okay, well, basically. <laughs> did you get a tip off? Did you get a tip well, off? <laughs> I, so I, I had planned to watch it with a few um, friends from work. But none of us were free until the sun. This is very boring. But none of us were free until the Sunday, um, yeah. and then obviously it came out on the Thursday. So I was trying, trying, trying to avoid all spoilers. But obviously, like, mm-hmm. being online, I could see. I kind of knew from like the hints um, of people saying. Yeah. So I kind of knew it was coming. Um, I will say just a kind of broader point about and just like that. There is so much to get into, and I'm not sure yeah. all of it is entirely working for me in terms of um uh you know some of the uh, sort of you know approaches to race and gender and things that feel a bit like shoehorned in but I feel like that's putting all of that to a side because I think Mm -hmm. we just want to focus on on grief which I think for what it's worth is doing it is is portraying it really kind of quite well in some in in many Mm -hmm. ways and for me um but just I guess just a bit about my story so um, my my brother Jonathan died suddenly when I was five years old, and he was twenty years old. But that happened extremely suddenly. I wasn't I wasn't there, um, and there's very little of that time that I can remember. Mm-hmm. But something that's been that was so sort of triggering for me over the last year and a half, and actually how we got to know each other like nearly two years now. How mm. we got to know each other yeah. is um, because my uncle died at the very start of the pandemic in the UK in March, 2020. And that was so sudden. It was like a complete shock. 
Um, yeah. Yes, he was in he was in his eighties, but you know, I, I did, you know, this was when we didn't even really know what COVID was, and that for me brought back so many feelings that had been like unresolved from my my childhood and that and that loss of, yeah. of Jonathan. And then, so you and I met through doing um, going to the new normal. There, so yeah. out to Jack and Ben, um, <laughs> um, and then through just you know being following your page and being part of your community, and I've been you know so grateful for that. So I guess, you know, my experience of grief has been quite, you know, I I wasn't there for it in the Mm. sense that for the death, in the sense that Carrie was, but I can certainly relate to those feelings of like shock. And I think like when I first watched it on my first watch, I I felt quite, quite skeptical of some of the characters and hadn't, I don't think I really had like the full buy-in but today when I watched it back, I was like, God, this is this is actually heartbreaking. And in this scene, in this moment, you can absolutely feel her pain. Like she does this, yeah. she screams his name, she screams John. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, my heart, yeah. you know, it's it's painful. And, you know, it's at that point when there's you know, nothing that you, you can do. And when you look back, obviously, as well, like the, the whole six series of Sex in the City, the whole thing was her chasing big and that, and then... To had to just now lose him. It is like even for us, we're like, well, who is who is Carrie without Big or chasing Big or losing him and getting him back again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whole what do I do now? And then Miranda going into oh well, we you know funeral things and like stuff like that mm-hmm. and post mortem blah, blah blah. And she's like, no, like what do I mm-hmm. do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's episode, what else? Oh, more in episode one. Episode, it was just chaotic. Yeah, I think like when she's preparing, that scene with the freezer as well, <clears throat> I think it was yeah. like, it was written in like a bit of an awkward way because when I first watched mm. that, I was a bit like, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. But but I think the interpretation is right that she is in that daze and I think that is so relatable, like yeah. when you, when you have something so, you know, the most traumatic thing imaginable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, you know, a lot has happened in episode one and I feel like in episode two as well, I think those two are really like, you know, episode two is, is the funeral and, and I think it's also, I mean, maybe we can talk a bit about how they sort of use different characters as like vehicles for different responses to grief, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about that. So, okay. (laughs) You take one and I'll take the other. You go. So who you? Who do you want to take? I'm going to take... I'm going to take Charlotte because the responses that I had to Charlotte was very 50-50. Okay, I want to... Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take Charlotte. So for those... again, I'm going to talk to someone who's listening to this has never watched Sex and the City in their life. So yeah, in Sex and the City, there is Carrie, there's Charlotte, there's Miranda and Samantha. But Samantha, because there was tea in real life, drama in real life, Samantha didn't come back. So it's it's Carrie, (laughs) Carrie, Charlotte, Miranda. They're like the threesome, the gals, the trio. They're all very, very different. But yeah, as Suyan just said, it almost is as if like that, yeah, the, the writers of it are now yeah categorizing the now three characters or now the only two um for your yeah, different responses and reactions to grief henceforth charlotte charlotte has always kind of been the a little bit the mother hen of the group the mother hen she's very she's very prude isn't she she's very lazy like she's very traditional blah blah, blah. adore her gorgeous like love her and harry and the girls um exactly <laughs> <laughs> down the road <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, in a beautiful apartment looking over fucking Central Park. Oh, it's all right for some. All the babes. Stunning. Um, and Charlotte's response. Charlotte's, it's her story is interesting because she's, Charlotte's carrying some guilt in this because for some, Carrie went to a recital of her daughter's, of Charlotte's daughter's piano thing. And as she was there, Big was having the heart attack. So Charlotte's carrying this kind of guilt of, if I didn't ask you to come or make you come, you would have been there and saved and blah, 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 blah. Push that aside, though. There's other emotions and reactions that Charlotte's doing where Charlotte, whenever she is around Carrie, she's the one who kind of can't keep it together. She is the one who is blubbering when a couple of days after he dies, 
Carrie and her go to visit this funeral parlor and it's very like American tradition, like the funeral directors and Carrie's Carrie's very stoic in it. She's very mm. like, you can just see she's in that day still. And I, re- I saw myself so much mm. in that of just, I remember going to the funeral parlor and being very, almost turning my nose up a little bit at it and just being like, yeah, get it fucking done mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, and keeping it very much together. Like I never cried in the funeral mm. parlor at once. And um, as they're doing and walking around and looking through the booklets and pamphlets, Charlotte is just a blubbering mess. And Charlotte is Carrie's best friend, quote unquote, you know, her rock and her shoulder to cry on. And Charlotte can't keep her shit together, bless her. And then the lady, the funeral director comes in and she immediately addresses Charlotte thinking, well, of course, the woman who is crying is obviously the widow. And she approaches her and she says, Miss, Miss Preston, I'm so sorry for your loss. And Carrie goes, uh, it's me. And it was in that moment, it was so telling. And I think really great they did that because it is how just by assumption by who is just mm-hmm. ex- outwardly mm-hmm. expressing, um, she must be the widow mm-hmm. because she's she's crying. Um so yes, yeah, and then as throughout this the series and and through the episodes, you begin to see kind of Carrie not really relying on Charlotte as much, and I kind of felt two ways about it. Like I, I whether I'm biased because I love Charlotte too, but in terms of I totally understood why Carrie didn't really call upon her and would call upon Stanford instead in that scene. Mm. Love that one, and. And and but then Charlotte taking it very much to heart. But I was a bit like, oh Charlotte, like remove your ego from this a bit. Yeah, remove your ego from this. Like I know that might hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to think about in scenarios even in my life, maybe potentially where I might even thought I would have been somebody's go to to cry on, and I've not been. Mm-hmm. But you have to remove yourself. And it really made me think about. I don't know why this weird example came to my mind of when. You say, I remember it quite a few times that when, when my mum died, of like people would message and be say such, you know, you don't have to reply. You don't have to reply. Like, don't worry. And I knew with some people, they actually meant that and it, they wouldn't care if I did reply or not. But with some people, I knew if I didn't reply, it would be very personal mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Charlie is a bit like that character. She'd be like, whatever you need, I can hear, but don't feel pressure. But if you didn't use that resource and you didn't call upon her, you didn't respond to her, she'd think, you don't yeah. think I'm a good support network. Yeah. yeah. But, and then, so yeah, some of my DMs were very interesting. I think there was, I'll get one to one later, but one did go along the lines of like, Charlotte needs to pull her fucking shit together. Yeah, well, <laughs> Carrie literally says that. She's like, get it together yeah. and let's go. Like, get it fucking together. Um, no, I completely, and I, and I think, well, Kristen Davis, who's the actress who plays Charlotte, she is acting in that funeral yeah. parlour scene. Yeah. Um, to an extent, maybe a, a, I found it a little bit distracting. Um, yeah. But then I also think I also think that is realistic. Like you say, there are people who are for all the, you know, goodwill in the world and all of the positive intentions, don't quite know what to do or how to behave in a way yeah. that doesn't centre them. And like, that's not said with, you know, any shade, but it is, it is like... You know, there's definitely scenarios that I can think of where it becomes about you as in the person who's experienced the loss, then making the other person feel better and are comforting the other person who hasn't experienced mm. that loss necessarily. Mm. Um, and that can be that can be tricky. And it is it is like the, you know, don't worry if you don't reply thing and then take it mm. sort of sort of personally. Um yeah. I think there are some very touching moments between Charlotte and Carrie. There was one moment at the funeral. Charlotte, Charlotte just leans into her when they're watching his the montage of his life on the screen. And um, she's like, you okay? And she says, yeah. And I think those quieter moments are so sort of delicate. But yeah, second ep was funeral. Yeah. And that was the most chicest funeral I've ever seen in my life. I know. We love those lesbians who... <laughs> It's kind of of inexplicable, like, who they are. But, I mean, we love them anyway. Um, Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, it looked like it was at some kind of art gallery, didn't it? And I guess guess also here we can talk, like, super briefly about um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of riffing off, off what you were saying about Charlotte, who blames herself because she had, yeah. um, she had, uh, you know, kind of pressured Asked Carrie her, to, yeah. you know, been a bit forceful in asking Carrie to come to this recital. Um, and she, you know, verbalised that she blamed herself. And then when they were all getting ready for the funeral, Steve, Miranda's husband, it's clear that he blames the peloton. <laughs> He's like, yeah. why did he even have it? You know, all, you know, all this stuff. And then Carrie, when, you know, they, she's in the hallway with Charlotte and she, she's like, I just wanted to go on, uh, I wanted to drive out to the beach on Wednesday. Yeah. Like I wanted to. And she has this like quite kind of like almost scream. Um, it's quite yeah. painful to watch, but in like, you know, really, I think it's a quite a powerful moment. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, they all sort of blame them, blame different things. And I guess it's yeah. a way to try and rationalize, you know, what's, what's happened um yeah a slight tangent there but I think you know it, it no, it's very important though how all of the characters are although it's you know it's plain it's like he had a heart attack yeah and it's not he had a heart attack. Not, no one can it's control you can't con- yeah. control prevent predict but to touch in the funeral one of the best parts that I liked and I did not expect it at all and I thought that is really good they put that in because you know what it was it was like an anchor it brought me back down right into boom reality in the funeral one of Big's ex I would say ex is she not really an ex she was just like a was she a flame she was like an old ting on the side so she sat there. So there's quite a few, I think, people who have come from previous Big's previous like love lives and stuff like that. And you know the whole the beautiful um, present not presentation or you know like eulogies was displaying its photos and collages of Big and throughout his lifetime. And everyone's looking at it longingly and tears and stuff. And then this woman, Susan, she goes. Are we just going to forget how much of a prick he was yeah. to her? Yeah. <laughs> and I like, looked around the room and it, you just, you're there watching it like, oh, and this beautiful music playing. And then you're like, oh, and you, oh, you're almost like, of course, you're aghast. You're like, oh my God, like who the fuck would say that if you know? But then you go, well, mm. mm-hmm. actually, yeah. he was a fucking asshole to her. <laughs> And it's so true. And it's not to be like, you know, spit on his grave, but like to go that. And it really, honestly, it anchored me so much. And then some of the responses I got in my DMs of like, we are so quick. Well, it's just natural. When somebody dies, we're not really, we don't sit and think about the horrible things and the the flaws that they had. We also think, and we just like, shit, they've died. Mm -hmm. But you can sit back after a while and I've definitely had times where I think yeah there's some things about her that I really didn't like um and she wasn't nice in that moment or whatever but in the moment on the funeral and she went he was an arsehole too and actually think oh my god yeah he really wasn't he really wasn't sometimes that nice where he treated her and then they they left her at the altar yeah like (laughs) so rude (laughs) so fucking rude. So rude no you're so right so um yeah susan i can't remember all i remember about the no it's not all i remember the main thing i remember about the episode that she's in is that she runs like a cashmere company or something and something like that, and yeah. she's like friends with carrie and her husband's really horrible and then carrie tells that they have a fight and then carrie tells her to divorce her husband and then she ends up getting back with him and then it's like really awkward or something like that. Yeah. i'm sure yeah Listen, I, I called myself a super fan at the beginning, and I'm sure you'll have people to correct me for, like this girl is a charlatan. Um, but, but I think you're so right, and I think you know it's something that comes up in it's complicated as well, which is another um, TNN um, group because it, it is it can be really hard to verbalize mm. things that were not amazing and the best, and you know so brilliant and wonderful about the person that you've lost like it and and it can be hard to say that without feeling like an incredible sense of guilt so I agree I thought it was super clever that they bring Susan in as just this sort of like cheeky cameo to be like wait but guys remember that we had like whole fucking six series of him like messing her around yeah yeah and and film Literally, yeah, and it's also like we're going to just forget all of that, and then now they've just yeah. got their beautiful apartment yeah. and their, you know, active like child, child-free life. Yeah. They're childless, not child-free because they chose not to, um, life. And 
and then it's just like, oh, but we forget, yeah, he literally was a raging piece of shit to her. <laughs> and that but but in death you are just evaded of all your flaws. And not everybody every time, because obviously there are some evil people, but more than most, you do get almost like a get out of jail card of Oh, I died, and it was an unfortunate death too. So yeah, yeah. And I think that sets up now that you now that you're talking about it. I'm thinking about it more. That kind of sets up the next episode, which is episode mm. three, um, where they read out Big's will, and then he's given a million dollars to <laughs> Natasha, um, who was his ex his ex-wife, um, and it's so unexplained and mm. then that has Carrie completely spiraling and I was like girl I relate because I would be exactly the same a million dollar not even like a little yeah. young one thousand yeah. or a hundred thousand I, mean, a she million. Also, she, I don't think doesn't she say like if it had been ten dollars I'd still be like yeah it's, and it's so true yeah yeah and I think like in that way Natasha is that whole little plot line is kind of carry searching for answers to the unexplained because there is so yeah. much that's unexplained about death and especially mm. sudden death as well um yeah. and i think you know that little flicker from susan sharon at the funeral is is maybe like a little foreshadowing of what's to come in the next episode that you know it wasn't all yeah. roses <laughs> no yeah and that he did yeah kind of live this yeah say hidden life but yeah yeah that was an absolute curveball Ep four, so it literally kind of, yeah, you kind of catapulted into Carrie's now selling the apartment. She's selling the apartment. She's packing up. She's um, she's always kept her previous apartment before, like the notorious apartment that, you know, we know through all the series, um, which I love. And even in a way with that, you know, as much as I agree with it, it's almost like, does she always think they were never going to last? I kind of read it as like she always wanted her own space yeah that's I, I see both sides absolutely I was like but I can get- if I had the means yeah. I'd be like absolutely <laughs> yeah have the means. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Drop them all here and there <laughs> we'd all we'd all have our own apartments yeah. say piss off like I'm going <laughs> elsewhere but I just always thought oh I wonder why but yeah but yeah it wakes it starts off yeah Carrie wakes up in her old apartment and then she's talking to the girls and she's like yeah I'm selling the apartment I've got a realtor whatever this is that we then meet this new realtor and she is this glamorous woman who is like walking around the apartment and is like beautiful but it's got to go and it's you know because you know selling a, a home I guess if anyone in property or a sold a home you know you have to envision that this you would live here it can't be kind of plastered in yeah your personal memories and your personal taste no matter how gorgeous it might be mm-hmm. but all that stuff obviously in their home is stuff that her and big have chosen and created mm-hmm. this beautiful home together so this woman called Seema who comes in is like gorgeous but it's got to go it's got to go so they get in a stager who comes and stages it and it's all watching selling sunset <laughs> yeah <laughs> babe I'm watching selling sunset selling tampons yeah. selling everything <laughs> I love it. Sorry, interrupted. I was like, the way I was watching it too, and I was like, mm, I know that that's been staged. They've got, you know, like, yeah, feeling like a mug. Like, I know. You can now know when a place is staged. You're like, this is too, this is too Perfect. pristine to be yeah. lived in. And then they start kind of doing more like lunch dates and talking about potential buyers and stuff, this and that. Um, and you start to see a friendship start blossoming. And there is a scene, the car scene, where what happened before it that made Carrie? Uh, the car scene is when is with the cigarette. And the then, cigarette, yeah. So they no, actually, but Carrie was in no, like a weird mood. Something had happened no, before. No, the, the um. So first of all, they're they're like at lunch and they're talking about like dating apps and like Seema's on a dating like dating app or whatever. Um, and basically, Seema's like, "Girl, it's fucking hard out here. Like all men, <laughs> all men are awful <laughs> on these apps." Yeah. And Carrie says, "Oh well, it's good you're still getting out there because I guess Seema's yeah. meant to be like putting putting yourself putting out yourself there. out there." I think I guess they're all meant to be in like their early fifties. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, then, and she kind of twinges, doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they go to 
the old apartment where Seema, after that, Seema's like sorting some paperwork out. And then yeah. they had had like an open house. So people mm. coming around to see it, it's staged and if they want to buy mm. it. And then Seema's like, oh, um, there was an accident the with this photograph. And she's like, I knocked it over because like you're not really meant to have personal items out. Um, but, you know, like it, it's okay. We can just replace the frame. Yep, just the glass. And it's yeah. like a photo of Carrie and Big and the glass is smashed. And then the bit in the car is when they have the cigarette moment. Maybe we can talk about the photograph first and then go. Yeah. Was this as the cigarette was after? I think so. Could I only watch it today as well? But I'm like, Damn. how did I not know that? No, I feel like the cigarette, the cigarette was before. before. Okay, right. Maybe, yeah. The cigarette... Should we do the because 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 the cigarette was kind of like a bonding, bonding moment, moment, and then it was like argument, yeah, and then okay. it was like, and then it was like, okay, we're good, and they ate sushi, and like that was it. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So yeah, but yeah, back on the photo. So while we're still in this one, so yeah, Carrie, she's like, yeah, I'm really sorry, I've I accidentally cracked the photo of you and Big, and she's like, oh, but you know, the photo, it's not damaged, it's just the glass will replace the glass. And Carrie just flies off the handle and she's like, but this was on his side of the bed. He touched it. It's really the last thing, like, you know, what have he touched? You don't understand. It's not just a piece of glass. You can't just replace it regardless of the photo. And just really starts flying off the handle. And Seema said, she turned and she's like, I'm really sorry. Like, I am really sorry. And Carrie's like, well, you don't seem it. And it was just, it was very hostile. Yeah. And it was kind of like, where's this going to go? Is it going to be like Carrie storming out? Is it going to be this? And, like Seema like stood up to the plate yeah and she was like and then and then also in a way they're in that moment I kind of thought hmm has she just like scapegoated out of because she's not of responsibility because she did she held her hands and she went like yeah I might not seem she she turned around and she she went I might not be as sympathetic to your situation um and because uh, you know such as like when you, like you the other day and Carrie's like, what? And she refers back to when Carrie said, when you you said the remark of, um, you you know, you're still that's great. You're still putting yourself out there, and almost also feel like she should be kind of washed up and and shouldn't be doing it. And and then she, or then I thought that was all. I thought that was the only point she was kind of going to make. But then when she went on to say, you know. Oh, how does she lead I, into it soon? Because she was like, but she's. It was basically making the point that like maybe it, she was like maybe a little part of me doesn't feel that sorry for you because at least yeah. you got to have the love that I've been looking for like my whole life. Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. Um, it was very profound. Which was like I was like, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, that really hit. That really yeah. hit me because I thought for her to, well, whoever wrote that in, I thought that's ballsy to sit here and say to a fresh widow and to say you know actually it's probably a bit of me that I actually don't really feel that sympathetic towards you because you know what your broken heart is the evidence of one of the truest and most wonderful loves that you've had and I've not ever had an inkling of that I think I think there's so many things about that scene with Seema who is fucking fab and um I just love we just both were fangirls yeah we adore yeah um but that thing with the photograph and I think Harry says, like, he touched that glass countless yeah. times. He touched it. And I have so had that feeling before where I've, like, fucking mm. lost my shit over, mm. <laughs> over something that was, like, not even – doesn't seem big to anyone else, but it was huge for mm. me. So for me, I remember it because it was, it was last summer – um, we were clearing out some old books and things at home. And my brother had this copy of the book, The Railway Children, mm. um, from when he was a kid. And uh, we live opposite a, a pub and, and they were doing like a book, um, like a free library kind of thing. So you could get yeah. books off and people would exchange them. And my dad dropped off The Railway Children book. Yeah. And I'd had it on my shelf. And then I just said to my mum, like, where is that? Where is that book? And then she was like, well, mm. your dad's gone and dropped it off today and yeah. I was like no <laughs> I was yeah. like no no and I was like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna read I'm not gonna read it but just to know no. that he had touched it That's and it. it had it had his like this belongs to Jonathan in the front mm. just to know that that he had had that in his hands I was like mm. oh my god no like that is so it might seem like you know freebie or, or junk to someone else but that is so like priceless to me and I think only people who have experienced that kind of profound 
loss will understand that no matter how trivial something seems and like I I kind of you know get I get Seema's point in so far as like what's you know what's the big deal as a photo you can Mm. you know replace the frame it's not that deep yeah but you know if if that is something that has so much significance and you attach so much value to it I I I was like oh my god Carrie go I'm with you Yeah, yeah, like I'm absolutely with you. Yeah, yeah. it was just then Carrie, just like Carrie, you know, it sounds like she doesn't f- ever finish like a sentence, yes. like gets it out, and you're yeah. like, just spit it out. Yeah, yeah, it, get it out. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, uh, it's just right now. The kind of the rage. I think. I think it's SJ it is, is doing, the rage. Yeah, is doing such a good job at that because, like, you know, moving through those different stages. I think you can see you yeah. can see that quite well. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think, like, you know, with Seema's like sort of. Well, you said this. I think it can be read as a mm. bit like what about a re? But I think yeah. but I think as we were talking, you know, we were chatting about it briefly earlier. Um, I think Seema is like the most, you know, and credit to another uh, Sex and City podcast, so I got to thinking because mm. they were talking about yeah. this earlier today. Yeah. But you know, she is the most sort of Samantha like character, yeah. I think. And I think it's interesting that, you know, she's someone who's new and fresh, didn't know Big, only knows Carrie as Carrie is now and can challenge her in that way. Yeah. And can like, you know, you know, step up to the plate in that way and be like, not pandering to use the word that you were earlier, not sort of being the comfort that, you know, Charlotte or Miranda maybe had given her. Um, she's got the balls yeah. to say, kind of like, "What the fuck are you playing at?" Yeah, and I'm I'm really intrigued to see yeah where this friendship goes because I can think of yeah like a a handful of occasions when friends in my life where ones, especially when you are like with the rage that Carrie is playing so well in the grief of being yeah like a ticking time bomb, and you can see in Miranda and Charlotte really stepping on eggshells around her and just trying to make everything like even, there was a scene wasn't it where Charlotte was trying to choose a place for lunch and she was trying to choose a place and she was like it was really hard to find a table for three where they hadn't been yeah. before like that and just things like that and it's like she's gonna have to eat some you know like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've, they've probably eaten in so many places yeah. that she doesn't even realize they've probably yeah. even eaten there yeah, yeah like the guy was minted he probably took her everywhere like he took her everywhere <laughs> so like Charlotte babe give it up whereas Seam is kind of like and to go to the scene with the cigarette yes. of just, she's just kind of the friend who just be like, you want to forget about your worries and you just want to fucking go wild. You just want to have a couple of your vices. I'm your girl. Like, I'm your good time going. It really reminds me of one of my friends who just, as much as we can speak about the deep and heavy stuff, if I just go, babe, fuck it, let's just go in a fucking wild one. And especially back then and just smoke far too many cigarettes ourselves and, drink far too many bottles of wine but there's a scene with Carrie and if you've watched Sex in the City the series Carrie was a vehement very big smoker <laughs> and that was part of her identity yeah. essentially she'd sit at her laptop and smoke a cigarette and be like and so I got to thinking fabulous um, question yeah literally literally like how her walls in her flat were not yellow I don't know <laughs> my hope for all of these sort of characters is that they these new characters is that they get like lives of their own that are like not fully yeah you know um yeah so they get they become like more fully formed characters and you yeah. know like maybe we do learn a bit more about Seema's past and her history and like yeah what you know what has informed her personality I think that would yeah. be super interesting I'm definitely like intrigued to learn more about her same definitely and I think for its longevity of the show I think they kind of need to yeah they need to bring in some yeah fresh characters yes. but now for the dms so yep. yeah I've got about I've got how many have I got I took a few from the previous dms weeks ago and a few from recent ones because it's interesting so Right to get in. So somebody says, Hi, DM, DMing my response because the box isn't big enough. Brackets. <laughs> no, but then listen, no pun intended. <laughs> like for the box. I was like, 
Um, in his little ash box yeah come on oh, oh my god yeah we didn't even talk about yeah oh. the little ash box yeah. oh my god yeah um she goes re carries grief in my humble opinion her grief is evident in up to two episodes ep two and three and is overshadowed slash downplayed from the fourth episode mm interesting because it mirrors society's mm. notion of grief having an expiration date and people not giving a fuck after a certain time frame mm-hmm. i guess the grief expiration date for this series was two episodes and then also i'd like to grieve more like carrie she looks so put together in her <laughs> grief and is able to semi-function i can barely focus on a task for more than two seconds and wear the same clothes three to four days it's probably portraying grief in a completely non-realistic filtered fashion but i suppose that's another topic for a- another day mm. um so much more to say on this but i'll probably leave it here and just like that she went to bed emotionally unstable Oh, much love to that person. <laughs> if it helps, I'm wearing the same outfit, like the same three outfits, like now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's. Yeah, I think I think it's um, everyone's got to do them at this stage of the pandemic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I I agree. I think those those are, those are really interesting points. I think I think it, it's hard because I'm kind of like I don't fully know if the show's creators found their way with it all yet so maybe that yeah. kind of overshadowing of carrie's grief plot line like we said there wasn't really that much to say mm. in episode three um no uh that i can think of unless we're missing something big um but i am i am hearing storylines of that potentially is going to end with her like there's been things of her like potentially with somebody new by the end of the season <laughs> and that sounds me seeming saying that out loud already is me kind of passing my own judgment actually it's probably my own bias mm-hmm. of thinking mm-hmm. obviously I don't know the time frames that we're working yeah, with they, yeah. they could they could jump they could be like two years later yeah, I don't know yeah. um but the fact of yeah in, so in the beginning it's going to be if if this is to how it plans out the love of her literal life dies and then the end who knows who knows where the course of it is going to go yeah and I think it's um, like, yeah. I don't know, they, they've only got, what, we're on four now, so it's like they've got ten episodes in total. So I guess they're also thinking like, shit, we've got like introduce a lot of new characters, we've got like a lot And of give them airtime, yeah, um, give them bloody airtime. But I think, you know, I, th- I think that's interesting. I think I think that point about perceptions of grief is super interesting as well and kind of feeds back into the point that you made about Charlotte being mistaken for the Mrs Preston at the funeral mm. parlour. Um and the ways in which we think of people who are grieving. Um, and the fashion yeah. thing, totally agree. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, it's just, the outfit's impeccable I know, sometimes. even when she's asleep, when she went to bed yes. on the side. No. Like, I was oh. like, that's a cute little, like, cardigan and top. That could Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that navy, that navy dressing gown she's got, yeah, like, yeah. silk one, I'm like, fuck, like, they need to get, I need to find the page that has, like, all the outfits. There is a page, isn't there? Yes, I think. I need to find yeah, it. Yeah, I'll send you a bunch later. <laughs> Thank you, because I, I need that dressing gown. I need it bad. Um, so I, someone replied to one of my stories where I said the scene where she says, what do I do now yeah. and how it upset me? So he put, agreed. I held it together until she said, what? What do I do now? Then I was gone. I thought they did Charlotte a bit dirty though. When Miranda's mother died, she was the woman holding everything together. Yeah. Also found it slightly weird when they showed her explaining death to her kids. Jews love talking about death. So I enjoyed this person is Jewish themselves. Um, this would not be their first talk on the subject. Um, SJP is very good at showing her how showing how her world has crumbled only through her eyes. She broke me. Oh, that's, that's really, very true. That's a really good analysis. Yeah. I was actually, you know, when we're talking talk a bit later, I know this, I'm aware this has been like a it's gonna be like a bumper episode, I hope. <laughs> you know part of our plan was to talk about you know different representations of grief and you know that episode my motherboard myself which is the one in which Miranda dies Miranda's mother dies Hmm. in um, the series is one of my favorite episodes of Sex and the City ever yeah because again all of the women are all of the all three Carrie, Samantha and, Mar- and Charlotte are all sort of different vehicles for those different mm. categories of friend that you have during yeah. the grief stage. And yeah, I think that does make sense. Like that at, in that, in that incident, Charlotte took on the role of organizer 
Um, yeah. And I guess she was also, yeah, done a bit dirty here. I also feel like she was kind of played for the character was kind of played for laughs in both because like Charlotte mm. Charlotte orders these flowers that she thinks are going to be super tasteful for Miranda's yeah. mother's memorial and they come and they're like so tacky and like fucking food and just awful and she's like oh my god no and then I kind of feel like you know that's intended to make us like laugh a bit and I kind of yeah. feel like in the funeral parlor I know it's you're not menu but I kind of found Kristen over overacting like yeah a bit much yeah. Um, but yeah I think that was a really good like analysis and interesting to hear it from that perspective as well about uh, yeah you know how different cultures talk about death lovely okay so the next dm that I received which I found quite interesting it went so they were responding to my message of if I thought is it being depicted well, is grief being depicted well in the show? And they put, I think right now they are representing it okay, but honestly, I feel like they are going to glaze over it for the rest of the season. The previews hinted at her already dating again. I feel like they just killed him off because because it's because she's so happy, then there wouldn't be content for the show, which I thought was very telling. And almost like, do we just revel in the suffering of Carrie? um her being single again moving back to her original apartment it's all for the views so I thought interesting that yeah is it just all for the views and do we just want to see Carrie single like is Carrie's character just better off like being single and gallivanting like do we have to go to the extremity of killing him off like <laughs> no that's very interesting yeah because I do think in the series she actually is her most interesting when she's single. Like I think the she most is. interesting episodes are when she's being single and just like a bit ridiculous and yeah, just like yeah. walking around New York city in ridiculous yeah. shoes. Um, but I guess, you know, talking about it all being for the views, I guess if we take like a real sort of a hard look at it, then probably yeah. yes, you know, mm. the writers are going to, they're going to be wanting to write a compelling story. But I also mm. kind of feel like, sort of what would be if we didn't have this huge pivotal moment the mm. series doesn't really have like a, a reason to exist necessarily no. you know yeah. is it really you know is it I think I think it's it is interesting to see them moving through this stage of their lives and to see Carrie coping with this at this stage of her life mm. um mm. what do you think it is interesting. It's kind of like, you know, we have to do, you do have to factor in of like, it is a show and it's not been on mm-hmm. air for what, like 10 to 15 years. And it has to come, it has to come up with a bang. It has to come mm-hmm. up with a bang. And we do just have, we have to navigate through, yeah, these, these ladies, they aren't, yeah, like, you know, through the series, the whole depiction of them is like, they are not like your everyday woman, but of certain women and that they're not immune to these type of things. Interestingly, though, Suyin as well put a call out on her stories to see if, okay, if Sex in the City or if you haven't watched and just like that um, depicted grief really well for you. Um, what kind of shows, programs or films that did or do? And um, you got a really nice response, didn't you? And there were some ones in there that I thought, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I guess I'll start with like two in a bit more detail that mm. came to mind for me and that like, I I posted one of them and got like quite a lot of replies to it that were like, oh my God, yes, this one. And then there was another one that I had been thinking of. Um, and then somebody else had like replied to it and brought yeah. it um, and had brought it up in their replies. But the first one is Never Have I Ever. It's a Netflix mm-hmm. series um uh by Mindy Kaling, who oh, did yeah. the Mindy project. Um and it's I I didn't watch it for ages because I thought it was like I didn't really know if it was like my cup of tea it was like a teen comedy um and um you know quite short episodes and um didn't doesn't really seem like it's a show about grief on the face of it but it's basically about a teenager called Davy and um her father dies suddenly in a really like traumatic and awful way that's sort of the prelude to this to the series um and you know the series is about her sort of moving through high school um, but it's also about, you know, how her relationship with her mother really changes and how, yeah. like, her grief, because of what happened to her father, is is really unprocessed and manifests in so many ways that are, like, very messy <laughs> and, you know, kind of manifests as a way to, like, 
you know, she wants to try and control, you know, which boy she has a relationship with or get yeah. boy to like her, or she wants to control like what her friends are doing and, and this mm. kind of thing. And like the kids at school, I watched it a little while ago. So the details are a bit hazy, but I think the kids at the school even start calling her like crazy Davy. Um, oh. And like, because they're like, you're acting so crazy, Davy. <laughs> I was like, no, babe, she's just grieving. God, give yeah. her a break. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because it also kind of, I've read some like articles about it. And um, because she's from like a South Asian American yeah. uh, family, it also touches on like the cultural aspects of grief mm. and like handling emotions and those sorts of difficult feelings. Um, yeah in different you know environments and I just thought it was really interesting like because her mother also bottles up the feeling um yeah and then it kind of see, it's interesting to see how that's like how replicated yeah. in her and um, so that was one and then that got yeah. quite a lot of responses um have you have you watched it Amber I've not no but I have heard I've heard it through Abby you know in front of Abby mm-hmm. um she's watched it and I have heard things but I think I'd want to watch it but when as soon as I know full well like it's about grief it's almost like I go oh god I don't know Am yeah I yeah yeah, yeah. and it sounds like one where you might have to be in a certain mind frame yeah I think it does quite a good job at mixing like the light and the and the like darker stuff because okay. you know it is ultimately about like the overarching thing is about in in the first series at least is about her moving through this grief but she's also yeah. like a kid getting up to like hijinks and like yeah. in in love triangle and things but I totally yeah, yeah, get yeah. that you need to be in like the right headspace yeah. to sort of see see those things I don't know which ones for me kind of programs I think have done it right that are or even that weren't dead that weren't dedicated to it I think obviously I think afterlife is one of the most fantastic and I would love one day to have Ricky Gervais on this show to just ask him how on earth have you encapsulated this person so well, given that he's not 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 lost, don't know that, but been b- widowed, mm-hmm. and to step into that role so fantastically, like whoever he might have studied or spent time with to really understand the role and the nuances of what it's like to be a widow, like hats off because. It is one of the most beautifully painful series that just get it right. Um, the second one that like had come to mind for me, just thinking about you know it in broader terms, and had also come up in a response from a, a really dear friend, was um, the farewell. I don't know if you've seen this one, Amber. It's it's, it's not it's not really it's a film, and it's it's got um, Aquafina in it, and it's not really about. Um, like loss it's more like mm. anticipatory grief okay. so the, the whole so there's the, the main character is called Billy and she's a, a young um Chinese woman who's been um like you know second generation in the US and uh, all of her family I think most of her family live in in mainland China mm. and they find out that the grandmother has like she's died di- the grandmother is diagnosed with a terminal cancer and they decide, um, instead of telling the grandmother, um, which you, you would think, you know, coming from the cultures that we come from would be like, you know, obviously yeah. the grandmother would know. Yeah. Um, but actually the doctor, I think the doctor lies to her or something. Yeah. But the, the family Rolling. essentially, come, yeah, essentially the family cover up the diagnosis yeah. um, and they sort of put on this like uh, sort of sh- it's a real wedding, but it's kind of like an excuse of like for what like they marry one of the cousins off, um, and like use that as an excuse to like have a big party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they they kind of encourage the cousin and his girlfriend to get married earlier and, and yeah. like have a big party, um, in in China so that they can get use if, you know get everyone together. Yeah. Um, and it's really like a last goodbye for the grandmother, yeah. but she doesn't actually know it. And then yeah. so it's all about this main character Billy, like not really understand like you know being like what the fuck this is so crazy like yeah. why would you do this like this is really you know yeah, against her right yeah. yeah yeah but then also understanding that like you know in in that culture like yeah. that's seen as the kind of thing to do and yeah. like yeah. more sort of you know respectful slash like giving her more dignity and also like a way to get everyone together yeah, because for some people that like that absolutely might seem 
unethical and wrong. I think how can you, how would you not tell somebody, give someone the agency over their body to know that they're illness and stuff like that? But and exactly to, and, and that's one of the really important things that I've learned in kind of like my death doula work is that um, factoring in cultural and religious and spiritual beliefs and everything of that, you have to leave your bias at the door. You have to leave your biases at the door of whatever you think, and especially in like death, dying and bereavement of how how one culture expresses or handles, mourns even, um, might not speak to you and yours, but it's not for you to say what's right and what's wrong really, or to dictate and to say you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, you can say like, not for me, but absolutely respect that is for you. Um, so there's some others that I sort of received when I, I just put out on my stories um, and I shared yeah. them shared them today were Bojack Horseman, which I've actually heard before. Oh! Like, I've actually heard before Stop. that like one, there's like one episode in particular that's really good, but I am blanking okay. on which one it is. And then also um, Modern Love came up twice. There's an episode with Mini Driver, apparently, which is good. I haven't mm. seen that one either, but I do love Modern Love, yeah. so maybe I should check that one out. And then also yeah. This Is Us, which I've never actually watched, but I've, I've heard it's loads like, about this. I hear loads about it as well, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Mamma Mia 2 was also <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> which yes, like, I didn't Mama immediately Mia. think of, but it's actually like very on the money <laughs> but Mamma Mia 2 I'll never forget me and my best friend we went to go see it oh my god so that came out when did that come out Mamma Mia 2 I, I think like maybe 2017 I think it came out 2018 not long yeah, after yeah. my mama died and um 2018. my best friend's 2018 yeah so for me that's two years after mum and we'd gone to the cinema to watch it and yeah, her mum had died, her mum had died, uh, has died quite a few years before. She's nearing on like 14 years. And we sat there and then just straight away, yeah, like she's died. And we were like, oh, like, dead mum club here. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? And then... I can see if you're good. <laughs> honestly, yeah, literally, I looked at her and I was like, and she was like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then, have you watched it? And the scene... With the um, my love, such, my life. It was such a long time ago. I can't oh, really remember the details. <laughs> there's one song in it, and it's at the end when the daughter has the baby. She has the baby, and she this, this child's christening, and she goes up back to the mountain top from Mamma Mia, the first one, and uh, where she got married, and her mum was there and stuff. And there's a song, and it's called "My Love, My Life." And it is the most beautiful. I'll get to it now because it's the most beautiful song. And it's it's it, I think it is a it's a love song, but it is the most beautiful song you can imagine for like a a parent to a child. And you listen to it and you think, oh my god, yeah, my love, my life. And it's oh, it's beautiful. And I remember just bawling in the cinema, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and even now we can't listen to it. We're like, no, I can't do that song. But I think yeah, that was that was amazing. I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. But um, thank you guys for listening and for coming here today. Yeah, quite a while. <laughs> I love it. I love it though. Like this is so it's so it's so in niche of what like grief gang is, but like just a bit of fun as well and something totally off piste, which I love. So um, yeah. if you're a Sex and the City fan and you've listened the whole way through, like like hit us up yeah. if you're not a Sex in the City fan and you've sat through this like right on to you <laughs> I would be like I'd love to it's lovely to hear like people's DMs and yeah. like how people have related to it because I yeah. think yeah like I said it's, it, I think it, it, it was a bit of a shock you know mm. for a lot of people and yeah. so do you know, to hear the ways that people are responding to it yeah it's it's really it's really good it is is good well thank you so much Sian, for being my guest today and for talking thank on my, my my sex in the city guru <laughs> thank you for having me i'm i can't promise my knowledge is completely fact-checked but <laughs> we try we try there'll be some people in the dms like um then you said about that season and that series uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're like okay babes all right well grief gang thank you very much um take care of yourself and keep up with and just like that bye 
Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the soul, or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out The Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.